Now, just for a, a few minutes, we're going to talk about the third step, and that is leading people to Jesus. Now, if I was to take a, a survey and I walked out through the congregation or we had some kind of way you could do it with your phone and show it on the screen, most people in this room, if not a majority of the people, would say, I just feel ill-equipped. I'm too shy, too bashful. I don't know enough about the Bible to, to uh, share my faith. But I, I, I want to tell you that we're going to go uh, beyond that today, and we're going to talk about something that if you've been saved, you already have going for you. And that is the power of your testimony. And the power of your testimony is, is really good if you testify. See, that's the whole thing about having a testimony is, is you testify. It's not a light that's hidden under a bushel, but it, it's actually um, something that you share. So I'm not trying to be like a kindergarten teacher or anything like that, but I want you to know if you have a testimony, it is to be shared. That's what the Bible tells us. Now, I, I want to I start out by, and I might need a break from that spotlight for just a minute so I don't pass out. I know, I know everybody on the WWW wants to see me. There you go. Everybody wants to see, you know, this. Not really. But I, I want to make sure that I don't pass out neither. So, there's a story in the Bible that just kind of puts to rest. I'm... Uh, not saved very long, Opie. I haven't been saved real long, or I don't know what to do. There's a story in the Bible that's going to help you out today. And I want to tell you about this story because this story is about a lady that won pretty much her entire city, and she hadn't even been saved yet. She hadn't been saved long at all, if she was saved. But she used the power of testimony, and she didn't know she was using the power of testimony to do it. The Bible tells us that in the fourth chapter of the book of John, that Jesus had to go through Samaria, and he said, I've got to go through. And, and let me tell everybody this, the Jews had no dealings at all with Samaritans. But Jesus said, it's important today that I make the road trip through Samaria. And so he, he got real hot and he got tired. And, and the Bible records him in the fourth chapter of John of just sitting down at the sixth hour of the day, which was roughly around 3 o'clock, middle afternoon. And you know how hot it is in the middle of the day. And he was by himself at a well. And his disciples had already gone into town to try to find something to eat for themselves as well as he. And while Jesus is sitting there, this this lady of Samaria, she comes up to where Jesus is, and Jesus just goes right into uh, evangelism mode. And he asks the lady, he says, give me something to drink. And so the lady says, and I'm paraphrasing, I cannot believe that you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan, to give you something to drink. And then, G and then uh, Jesus just says, if you knew the gift of God 
you wouldn't even be messing around at all with this. You would ask me to give you something to drink, and I would give you water that will never run dry from a well that never runs dry. And she said, are you greater than our father Abraham? And besides, you don't even have anything to, to dip with. And she said, well, I want, I want this water then. I want this water. Just give me this water. And Jesus says, okay, I tell you what. Go call your husband and come here. See, Jesus knows what he's doing. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. He said, you're absolutely right. You've had five husbands, and the husband you're living with now, the man you're living with now is not even your husband. In that, you told the truth when you said, I don't have a husband. And so this got the woman's attention so much. The Bible says that she runs off into the town and when she gets to the town, and we don't have any type of dialogue in there, that she says, oh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. But she had an encounter with the Lord, and it was so moving. He said, because she, she even told him, she said, sir, I per perceive that you're a prophet. And so she ran to the town people, and she said, y'all need to come see this man. He's told me everything that I've ever done before in my life. And so while she was talking to these people, the disciples returned, and when the disciples got to Jesus, they uh, said, okay, uh, are you still hungry? And he said, I have, I have food to eat that you know not of. And they got kind of confused about that. They said, has somebody else come and fed you already? And he says, I, I am feasting from my father. And about that time, the, this lady with this entire community, I don't know that it was 30,000, but I know it was more than one, two, or three because the Bible uses the word city. All of these city people began to follow this lady back into town, uh, and she went and made her way to where the well was. And, and upon approaching the well, Jesus saw the entire multitude. And as Jesus began to continue what the lady had started... All of these people, we know, gave their heart to the Lord. And church, it was all because one lady testified. She didn't have a degree from a seminary. We don't even know that she ever spent a lot of time in the temple. But, but we do know that because she had an encounter with Jesus... It moved her so much that her feet and her mouth followed suit and she didn't contain it. She didn't hide it under a bush. But she went and she told her entire city. She wasn't worried about getting locked up and all this. She just began to, to shout and tell everybody what happened. And I'm telling you, that's why our words, the Bible tells us that with your words, you can speak life, and with your same words, you can speak death. And your words have so much power. But when your words are utilized in conversation with the city and the people around you to glorify what Jesus has done in your life or what Jesus has done for you, 
people want to know about that because when you have been truly transformed by the blood of Jesus and it's made an obvious change in not only what you are but who you are and what you do, people's got to have some of that. And so this whole story played out and this is, this is what happened. A city was changed because the power of a lady's testimony. And I'm going to ask you this morning, when is the last time you have told somebody what Jesus has done for you, what Jesus has done to you, what Jesus has done through you, what Jesus has done to your family and it doesn't have to be big. And see, this doesn't sound real offensive, and a lot of people are worried about that, and you shouldn't be worried about that. But a lot of, well, I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to make anybody mad or anything like that. And so we just completely back off. Well, I no, Opie, I've never told anybody about the Lord. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to tell anybody about the Lord. Well, yes, you do. You've told somebody where you found a great deal at before, haven't you? You've told somebody where there's a good place to eat at, that's testifying, folks. What we've got to do, we've got to realize the greatest deal we've ever ran across, the greatest food we've ever eaten before is that that come from heaven. It's called Jesus Christ. It's called the cross of Calvary. And when you share with people just what God has done for you, they may not fall down crying and say, oh, I've got to be saved right now. But you've planted a seed and you've given them something to talk about. You've given them something to talk about. And your testimony is just kind of sitting here right now. In this room, it's sitting here waiting for you to give it to somebody. See, 30,000 people are not going to come inside of this building or another building, but they've got to hear about Jesus. Jesus came. Not because what they're guilty of right now. He didn't come. He came because people were created by the Trinity, by Almighty God. People were created, and that is why God sent His only begotten Son, so that people could be saved. We are not called to be judges or anything like that, but we are called and commissioned and commanded to go and love our neighbor as ourselves and to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And you can do that easier than you think just by telling people what you used to be but what you are right now and how that all played out. Now, the Bible tells us in the 12th chapter of Revelation that not only does our testimony have witnessing power, but you need to hear me today. Your testimony also has overcoming power. And they overcame him, talking about the beast, by the blood of the lamb. And check this out. By the word and by the word of their testimony. Their testimony is not in a compartment. Their testimony had to be heard in order to overcome. And a lot of you are captured in things right now. A lot of you feel like the devil just will not leave you alone. All you have to do is just testify. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I have been saved. I have been bought. I have been healed. God is healing me. God did spare my family. And all you got to do is speak life back into your world. And then you will overcome. 
overcome any situation, any given day of your life. It's the gospel truth, and it's on the screen in front of you right now. And you've got to do this and not fear. The last part of that said, and they did not even love their lives even to death. You can't care. And I know I'm doing a double negative thing right there. Sorry. But anyway, you've you got to completely disregard your flesh and what it might cost you and what it means to you. Now, what I want to do for just a minute because... The story was kind of real quick and all, but I, I want to go back, and if you can't see me, you need to hit me with the light now. I think I'm pretty stable, but if you can see me, don't need no more forehead glow if, if, I, if, if I'm good. But if you can't see me because I do move around, uh, that, that's fine. So I want to take you back, and we're going to look at these scriptures. scriptures. In fact, I'm going to look at them with you on the screen because I, I like this. Now, the woman... We're going to go to the part where she, she was at the well to get water with a water part, pot. Are we clear on that? All right? It's, well, let's do this. I just want to see where we are. Do you remember what time of day I told you it was? Huh? Somewhere around 3 o'clock. So it was the middle of the day. It was a hot day. And she came there. Because she needed water. She brought a water pot, but I thought this was very interesting. The woman left her water pot and then went her way into the city and said to the men, you need to come see what's happened. But Somebody in here, and I just feel the Lord wants me to stop what I'm doing for a minute and tell you this, that you may not have really met Jesus the way I'm talking about today. Maybe you've just been in love with church or the idea of being a Christian, and you've never experienced Jesus at this level. If you haven't had, and I've used the word already, a transformative moment in your life to where you don't even care about what you were doing. It's your new agenda. Then you need to do your first works over again or you need to be truly baptized into the salvation of Jesus Christ. Because this lady, when she met Jesus, she forgot apparently that she was thirsty, or animals back at the village was thirsty, or that poor children might have been thirsty, or that plants were dying and needed water, and nothing mattered anymore. She even left maybe her only good water pot there at the well, and somebody could have taken it or, or just done away with it. It could have fallen into the well. A hundred thousand things could have happened, but it didn't matter. And that's where Jesus wants me and you to arrive at. We've got to get to a place where our heart beat Jesus. We don't care about our wallets or our water pots or our worries anymore or anything else you can think of with the letter W or anything else. We've got to get back to the place where Jesus is the air I breathe. He's what I think about during the day and he's what I want to talk to you about. He's what I want to tell you about because he's really the only thing matters and when you get a hold of Jesus, even though he grills you and he calls you uh, you know, a uh, a lady that's just really, really, really 
I don't know. There's a common denominator there. What If you've been married five times, I hope nobody's been married five times, but if you've been married five times, hey, wake up. There's a common denominator there somewhere. And if Jesus digs in your trash that deep and he's able to pull that out and that which really should be offensive, it should be for a modern-day lawsuit, but if that can transform and change a woman so much and what her agenda and her priorities is to make her go and testify, then how much more should you and I, that's just fallen into the arms of grace, be able to say, let me tell you about a man. He didn't tell me everything I did, but he accepted me the way I was. He washed me off. He changed my name. He adopted me into his family I've got to tell you what's happened to me and when we do that out of love not out of duty people want to meet this man called Jesus so we've got to get to the place where we just don't care about our water pots anymore church I don't care about my water pots my water pots not doing one thing and see you need to see that anybody in the world this lady this hoochie mama Okay, now you're listening. I don't know if you're listening, but I know you're listening now. This lady, if she can testify, if she can testify, you can testify. You can testify. You can testify, church. You're not bashful. You're not timid. You're not an introvert. You're not a type A, B, C, D, or E, F, G, all the way to Z personality. You can testify in this place. You can say, listen, I don't know theology. I don't know the Bible. I don't even know how many books there are. But I can tell you this. He loves you enough that he can save you and he can forgive you. He did it for me. I was nothing. I wasn't studying him. Or if you're from where I, you know, I wasn't studying him. I, was, I didn't even care about him. I hated church and all that. But he took me. He loved me and changed my life. And you can tell somebody that story right there. You can. That might be how God wins 30,000 people just because of your testimony might win this city so we can go to the next city just your testimony not a revival not a gospel singing not a plate sale not anything else hallelujah just you telling people about the overcoming God that helped you overcome a life of sin so that you could live dedicated holy to him a testimony man anybody can testify and the Bible says, and many of the Samaritans, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because, I want you to say it with me, because of the word, not the intention, not knowing it, but never letting it out, because of the spoken testimonial word of the woman who testified, he told me what I was guilty of. I'm telling you, God can win Scotland County through the testimony of just the people that are sitting in this room today. He can start, he can start in your house. I know that the, most of the schools are back in session tomorrow. He can start tomorrow. There can be a mighty outbreak of revival in every school in Scotland County just by the testimony of children and students that are at this place today. You better believe that because the schools are going to hell, so you better believe that. All over the country, 
They're going fast. Satan is preying on our young people, our children. You know how old I am now. He is preying on our youth, and we've got to rise up, and we've got to equip one another, and we've got to live with an overcoming mindset so that our students and these precious children can walk with their chest bowed out when they walk down the hallways, and they can pray, and demons can flee. They can pray, and things that are just in disarray, they can pray, and the kid that was going to bring a gun's not going to bring a gun anymore. We've got to be overcoming, testifying believers so that this world around us will change for Jesus Christ just come see this man so when the Samaritans had come and they came by the city they came to him they urged him listen to me now they urged him to stay with them talking about Jesus he stayed there two days now I want you to listen to me This verse right here shows every one of us, hallelujah. This verse proves that if you will just testify, if you will just get Jesus to the people, oh, the people don't want him to leave. Hallelujah. If you will just get Jesus out there, oh, will you come, will you stay, Jesus? I've never had Jesus. I've had crack before. I've had heroin. I've done drugs. I've had many affairs. I've been in jail. I've had all this. I've had money. I've had fame. I've had, but I've never had a Jesus before. I've never had me a Jesus. Jesus, can you just stay? I just didn't know you were available. I just didn't think you would just hang with anybody. Jesus, can you just stay with us? She told us about you, and now we've got you. Can you just stay? Hallelujah. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, if you will just get him out there, he won't leave them. He'll stay there with them. He stayed with you. He's not left you. That's why you're still an overcomer because he loves you he will in no wise cast you out but we've got to just get Jesus out there and tell people that he's alive and he can do it he can change your life he loves you he don't hate you he wouldn't have died on the cross if he really felt that way about you we've got to get him out there and then when we get him out there people's going to gobble him up I say it all the time, but it's on the print over in the cafeteria at the school. If you will just taste, Psalm 34, I believe, if you will just taste and see, you'll find out that the Lord is good. But we got to start serving Him. And you know what? Every... Every, we live in a negative world. Everywhere you go, there's negativity. It's on TV. It's everywhere you go. And we know things are bad. We know that sin is rampant. We know that sin is wrong. But let me tell the believer something. Every conversation of negativity is an open door for testimony. And it's not living pious. And it's not living just with your head above the clouds or in the sand. Whatever way you want to say it. It's not just denying. But what it is, I choose. I know it's like that. I know. 
I, I know that's a concrete floor down there, but I'd rather tell you about this black carpet that feels good on my feet. I'm, I could talk to you about that floor, down, but let me tell you, we put this carpet right here, and it really feels good. Let me tell you, I know it's bad. I know we've got drugs. I know people break in and steal and throw rocks at school buses that belong to church. I know all of this, but I'd rather use this conversation time that we don't have much more of. I'd rather tell you about Jesus. Let me just tell you, last week, I could have had a head-on collision but Jesus got a hold of that car and he diverted me between two other cars I'd really really rather use my time to tell you about it. somebody else is going to be negative today and when you wake up tomorrow you're going to hear something else negative you're going to hear it because Satan has set this world up this way but if I choose I'm going to use the rest of my days to talk about that man that told me everything and how, how much he loved me I'm going to use my time to do that and when you run into people and things like this just turn the car for them real quick and say let me tell you about Jesus let me tell you about Jesus let me just tell you what he's done let me tell you what he can do many more people believed even after all this and see that's what Jesus wants me to get in my mind Opie, if you'll just make the first step, if you'll just start, if you'll just start it off, if you'll just testify, you don't have to try to quote the scriptures from the message yesterday. If you'll just talk about me and what I mean to you, it's going to make people want to come. It's going to make people want to hear. It's going to make people want me to stay around. And I tell you what else it'll do. It'll keep people curious even after you're gone. See, many more people, the Bible says, believe because of his own word. His own word. So see, if we can just start it off for the Lord, just tell people, if we can just do that. The Bible says in the fourth chapter of 1 John, the 14th verse, and we have seen, listen to this, we have seen and testify that the Father has sent. Because a lot of you may be wondering, what in the world, what in the world do I tell them about? Here, 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 here's your sign. Here's your scripture. I, I don't know what to talk about. Over, and I'm scared people ask me questions. All of you in here, you fit that bill. I fit that bill. I'm scared they're going to ask me something about the Bible I don't know. This is what you talk about. As we have seen, and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior. Look at it. As Savior of the world. That's what you talk about. That's your lane you stay in. You don't have to worry about anything else. But telling people about the Savior of the world. You don't have to get complicated. People don't care about Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff. They don't know what you mean when you say Septuagint. They don't know about the canonization of the gospel. and all. They don't know about all that stuff. But all you have to do is just tell them about the Savior. Just say, listen, let me just tell you about Jesus. 
I don't know how. What do you think about uh, this subject? See, everybody wants to ask you your opinion. Or what do you think God feels about this situation? Or well, I don't know about all that. Let me just tell you about the Savior and what I know He means to me. And if you can do that right there, you can save a city. You can save your family. You can save your neighborhood. You can save your school. If you just keep it about Jesus and let all this other stuff just fall away to the side, people's going to want him. I'm telling you, he's, they're going to want him. They're going to want to get a hold of him. And if you can just start the ball rolling, he's going to step in and say, well, I'll just take it from here. Now today, I want to just do something that I've already, I've already done one time. And I know this is where you're probably going to have to help me upstairs. But last week, I want to show you something that I showed you again last week. But I want you to pay a little bit better attention than, than we did. When the Lord saves you, He saves you from sin and clears your soul. And this is that water that goes into you that's a lot better than what we call poison. Sin is poison. It doesn't matter if it's a whole gallon or it's a, if it's a half an ounce. When you go to the restaurant today or you go home, you don't even want a half an ounce of poison in your tea or whatever you're drinking because you understand that that is a death sentence or it's a very painful time of sickness and disease, probably loss of organs and all this just because your human body was not designed for poison. You can live, if you never ever drink milk or anything else, or any of the other fruit juices, your body can be sustained off of water because God designed you that way. But you let one thing get inside of your bloodstream that's, that's toxic. It doesn't matter how good it is. No matter how much you like it. And that's what sin does, you know. Uh, I know Mackie works at the pharmacy and and they, and a lot of you know this from children, they, they can take medicine that really is horrible and all that, and, and they can put some kind of flavoring with it to make it where it's more tolerable, or in some cases it even tastes good, believe it or not. And what the child doesn't understand is it might taste good, but the medicine is still in there. And Satan does the same exact, listen to me, he does the same thing with sin every second of every day of your life. He will make it where it tastes good for a season, we're told. It seems like it's not harmful. That's not as bad as something else. Another sin that somebody else is doing because we treat sin, I told you, like it's chronological and it's not, it's horizontal, it's not vertical. It's all like this. And, and we just say, well, it's not that bad. It's not like what so-and-so is doing. And you are not designed. He will make it really nice and tasteful. And it will seem like it's okay. God's full of grace and mercy. He's not going to. But he didn't design your soul for sin. He designed your soul for salvation. He designed your soul for fresh, liberating, refreshing water that is always 
flowing not only in you but through you so that you can be a testimony to this world around you. And just like I shared with you last week, it's hard and sometimes we feel like it's embarrassing and all that, but we've got to make it a habit. We've got to search ourselves every day and see if there's maybe a little bit of the valve of sin on. Maybe I'm listening to things that's just contrary to God's Word. Maybe I'm doing things. It may not be murder, but I know it's not from God. I know it's not healthy. I know it's not going to be good for my soul. So I just need to go ahead and turn that off. And you just keep turning that valve and turning that valve and turning that valve. And when you completely turn that valve all the way off, you'll see God doing, hallelujah, a work in your life that you didn't ask Him to do. But He said, if you draw near to me, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And this is what he does. He continues to give you more of himself. And you'll find out one day that you're just overflowing with Jesus and you too will leave your water pot. You too will leave your job. You too will leave your toys and your money and your friends, whatever you have to do. Because Jesus is more satisfying than anything else in this world. I want you to stand if you will, all over the church, if you're able to stand out of honor to the presence of the Lord, I want you to. God is doing work, and it involves my testimony. He said, if we are silent, the rocks will cry out, church. I honestly believe, and I know a lot of you may completely disagree, and I'm okay with that, but I really believe There's a lack of worship and praise to God in this world right now. I believe that's why rocks are crying out. Avalanches and all kinds. Well, you just straight. No, I'm not. I'm not. I believe that's why nature itself knows its creator. I believe that, that nature understands that when man withdraws the praise and worship of God, then it's got a job to do. If you wake up every morning early enough you, you, and you live somewhere where somebody's got chickens, you're going to hear a rooster going. If you live somewhere where there's birds close by, you're going to hear birds. And we don't say chirping all the time, but we say singing sometimes. And you can believe what you want to, as I've already said, but I'm going to tell you these things are singing praises to God because God created everything that hath breath to praise ye the Lord and when you get so full of Jesus that all you can do is praise and worship him you're going to be a beautiful thing you're going to be something that's very satisfying to be around and you're going to notice that the whole city begins to want more of Jesus all I'm doing is testifying I haven't preached a revival and God knows I haven't taken up an offering I haven't asked you to give blood or anything else but I've just went and told people what Jesus has done for me and people want this Jesus because they can't find him anywhere else and I want to ask you to close your eyes right now because you can testify you can testify it might be you don't have but two minutes at break at work But do you know you can utilize your part of that conversation to glorify God? People don't need a deal. Man, every every deal they get is going to burn up one day. People don't need to know where. I mean, and I know know we got a lot of athletes, and I'm all for 
all of the things we do. But change your conversation about leisure things sometime. And let it be about Jesus. Who traded who? Don't matter when a lost person's in hell. And I know we have to use some things as open doors to gain access to people, and I'm all for that. Whether it's talking about sports or talking about sales or talking about the weather. But I mean, every opportunity you have, it needs to turn into a testimony. And I'm going to ask anybody before anyone moves, if you're in this sanctuary right now and you don't, you don't know how to testify because you've never had that experience I've been talking about with Jesus. Don't you think for one minute God didn't send you here of all Sundays because he wants to help you Start your testimony to working. He wants to detox you. He's tired of that poison and killing you. If that's you, if you'll come right here, I won't make you do anything. I'm going to pray with you. we got other people pray with you. I just want to introduce you to Jesus Christ, this man that's changed my life. If you're at home, working, whatever, vacation, and you're watching this service, it's as easy as saying, Jesus, I'm tired of my life being about me. I want my life to be about you. Forgive me of my sins. The Bible says he's faithful. This might put you on the spot, but it shouldn't because everybody should be doing the same thing right now. If you just say, preacher, I... Uh, I really want to be able to completely shut that valve off. I feel like it's blocking my prayer, and it will. I feel like it's blocking uh, my worship, and it will. I feel like it's blocking, blocking my involvement, and it will. And I can keep going down the line, but I hope you get the picture. I just need help turning that valve. Because I, I just want what I was designed for. I want what I was designed for just to flow out of me. And I need God to help me completely turn that valve off. And I want to do it today. If I'm talking to you, if the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with you, I want you to just join me at this altar right now. Many as you that will. I, I, I want to completely, completely turn it off. And you've got to be serious. I've read you the Scripture already. You can't even regard your own life. All right, hold it one second. I, 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 I just, I want to make sure I'm clear with you. I want you to understand that if we don't have a desire for sin to not be a part of our life, then sin is our life. You can't serve two masters. And sometimes Paul said, I want to do good. 
I know to do good, but I don't always do good. And before I pray, I wasn't looking for 20 or 30 or 80 or whatever, a special number. But God just checked me and said, you need to make sure you're clear because either everybody that's left in the congregation, you've either nailed this thing and you don't fight with any type of sin that you know of or it's not important or you're holding back or you don't care or you're just hungry and ready to go home because I'm going to tell you what's scary about this if we don't say Lord I just need to do a checkup and help me completely turn the valve off and this is not like begging you to come to the altar but there's an overwhelming chance that if, if, if you are not about self-evaluation every day, you're not going to testify. So God, the five of us, six of us, whatever at this altar, Lord. Lord, we want you to completely have control over us. And the enemy will justify in my mind anyway, God, that it's okay because I'm a preacher in ministry to leave it cracked just a little bit because of what somebody has done to me, Lord. Or I've been a Christian long enough and I don't even need to worry about the valve anymore. Lord, help me to understand that a lot of Satan's disguises and his lies are sold during Sunday worship at churches all over the world. God, I know there is absolutely no way that I will be what you want me to be if I don't have a desire for you to completely help me, Lord, just shun the very appearance of evil. And I do, Lord. I, I want... To be able to testify every moment. But God, if I don't grab a hold of this valve, that poison is just enough to shut me down and shut me up. So God, I need your help today. As a pastor, I need your help. I can't do it. I can't stand up here and preach, Lord, and just ignore that drop, that little constant drop. That I've said, well, I can't get victory over it. Yes, I can, Lord. You said I'm an overcomer, Lord. So I need you to help me, Lord. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to slip sometimes. I don't want to slip, God. It's not okay with me, and I know it's not okay with you for me just to slip sometimes. I don't want to slip, God. I want to be about speaking your truth not about slipping and being okay so God help me as the preacher as the pastor as the husband the daddy the granddaddy the brother in the Lord God I don't want to slip anymore I want you to help me completely turn that off I can live a sin free life God and I know I can according to your word but God I've got to walk away from things I've got to shut things down I've got to want the valve I gotta want you to help me God
turn the valve off. I don't care if it's all right for another preacher to do it. God, it's got to be turned off for my sake and my testimony and the kingdom I want to reach, Lord. God, we pray. I, I don't want, God, if people just label me, that is okay with me, but I want that valve off, Lord, because the poison is going to do more than I bargained for one day, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I give you praise this morning because you are working in a mighty way. And Lord, as the words say, I don't want nothing else, Lord. I don't want nothing else. Nothing else will do. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that every tongue in this building, even the smallest child, Lord, will ring and sing praise to you. Every day, everywhere, Lord, we'll sing praise back to you, O oh God, and that we would testify, Lord. People would almost avoid us because they know we're going to testify, Lord. That's good. That's a great compliment, Lord. They know what we're about. 